Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Chaim Hilowitz. Mesecha Sosaita has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Noyach Stengel Le'iloi Nishmas, Ephraim El Yehu Ben Yosef, and Chana Bas Shmuel Halevi. Soto Daf Lamed Beis. Before we begin with Bezuz Hashem, the seventh parak, we'd like to take a few moments to discuss some ha'aras that we missed out on from the sixth parak from Daf Lamed Aleph. The first ha'ara is really a tremendous yisod in Mesecha Sota. It's something to highlight and to keep in mind, and that is exactly the geder of the Nehmanus of an Eid Echad and Tuma of a Sota. As we saw in the Sigi on the Mishnah in the sixth parak, the Eid Echad is Neman and the Tuma of a Sota. And we saw the Gemara told us that Komakam Shehemino Tore Eid Echad the implication being that the Erechad has the Nemonus, kill there's two Edem. We saw all the consequences of that with the guarding Hakhasha of Ksherim Epsulam. That was the Sugya at the end of the sixth parak. But the, the question is, and it's Hakura that the Achronim raised, is when we say Harekan Shnaim, do they have exactly the same Nemonus as two Edem? Hare, certainly it's true that two Edem are believed on the Etzemaisim, and two Edem come and report to us that they witnessed this Nus of the Isha. So it's clear we believe them with all the talk of Avedos, this is full testimony and based in, and we believe them on the Etzim story they're telling us. Is that also the case with regard to Neid Echad, that we believe the Maisa that he reports to us when he saw this Nus? Or no, is it perhaps that the Torah is Mechanesh here, that there's enough stock put into what the Echad tells us, that we don't allow the woman to, to, to be Shosa anymore. We take away her right to be Shosa, and Memela the Iser of Kina Vestira remains. But it's not that there's actual Nehmanus of Neid Echad, on the Maisa's Nus. Now, we already quoted in the context of the woman losing her Ksuba when she's a Sota, the Lushan of the Rambam in Perak Aleph, Halachachaf. The Rambam there writes that with regard to an Isha who has an A Tuma comes and says she was Mazana, she does, she loses her Ksuba, says the Rambam, why? Shahare Nesra Bikina Vistira, that he should have already been Asra Bikina Vistira, Vahashtia Shatatira Nimna Shahare Yeshba Eid. And the Shtia, which would get her out of the Isra of Kina Vistira, has been taken away from her because of the aid. So the Pashtun implication of the Rambam would lead us to conclude this line of Ashtir Shetatira Nimna is that the Eid is not really Neman. He's not really having the Nemanus of two Edim. But rather, there's a din that the Eid prevents us from being Mashka the woman, and that's it. And once there's no Barshtia, Memela, the Isra of Kina Vistir remains. And the Mishnah Melech writes his Mefurish. He's talking about a different Rambam. The Rambam in Perak Gimel of Hilchasota is discussing the Sigya that we had back in the Vav of the inability that we have to be mashka a woman when there are Edim Amdine Sayyam. That was a sugi over there. The Shaila is, what about an Eid Echad? If there's an Eid Echad Amdine Sayyam, will the Shtia be successful or not? Tosus on the Vav of an Aleph, in fact, was mystopic about this question. And Tosus there on the Vav concluded that because our Gemara says Eid Echad is Kishnayim, Kol Magam Sheminator Eid Echad Reyn Kishnayim, that means that the same way when there are two Edim Amdine Sayyam, the Shtia will not work. Similarly, if there's an Eidechim who comes later and tells us after the Shtia that the woman was Tamea, then the Shtia will not count and we will not believe that she's mutter to her husband. However, the Rambam argues with Tosis and the Rambam draws a distinction between two Edim and one Edim. The Rambam says only if there are two Edim who come subsequent to the Shtia and tell us she was Tamea, then we say that the woman is Asra and her We don't trust the Shtia to be to her. However, says the Rambam, if an Echad comes after the Shtia and tells us she was Mazana, we do not believe the Echad and we allow the woman to continue continue with her heter uh, to her husband. And the Mishamelch explains that's because the only thing that the uh, Eid accomplishes is not the Etzim Nehmanus, but rather just to be Monea the Shtia. Here in this case where the Eid hadn't yet come, the woman got the Shtia in anyway, and she was Mutaras, and therefore we don't put any stock at all in what the Eid says. That's the Mishlamelech's Diak in the Rambam. And Reb Chaim Brisker, in a safer on the Rambam, points out, Lechor the Mishlamelech has the support for the Rambam in Perak Alpha that we quoted, Hashtia Shetatira Nimna because of the Eid. However, Reb Chaim and as well the Karen Ora point out, Lachar, it's, it's impossible to defend the Shita of the Mishnah Melech Kipshuto, that the Eid Echa does nothing more other than Mimonea Shtia. Because we see the Rambam elsewhere tells us that a woman, a Sota, who had an Eid Echa comes, becomes a Vade Sota. She doesn't still have the status of Suffolk Sota that will have just an Isra Kinevestira, but now she's considered to be a Vade Sota under Nafkamina. There could be even Malkus. We discussed earlier and Nafkhafches this question of Malkus and a Suffolk Sota as opposed to a Vade Sota. Other Nafkaminas as well. The woman certainly has the status of a Vade Sota after an Eid comes. Ramos Mefurish and Hilchas Gerishin to this effect. And therefore they prove they cannot be that the Eid of no Namonus Bichlau to tell us that this does happen. It has to be that the Eid does have some Namonus on the Etzim to tell us she's now 
not only a Suffolk Sota, but a Vade Sota. How do we reconcile the Ramams together? So both Reb Chaim and the Karen Ora go the similar Mahalach, each with their own Nusach, will try to mix a little bit of both. The Karen Ora points out, we know it's come out before and Gemara in Gimel, that the reason, the basis for the, the belief of the Eid Echad is Raglayim Ladover. In other words, after there had been a Kina Vestira, the Gemara told us in several times, that there's Raglayim Ladover that the woman had has Nus because of the circumstantial evidence of Kina Vestira. And the Eid Echad who comes in the context of a woman who is sitting in that situation of Kinevistira now is going to, going with the flow, as it were, the chazaka, the reason for us to believe that she had been mezana. The Erecha now can come in and have Nehmanos to say that the woman is Tamea. However, if the woman had already been Shaisa, as the Mishamalek's case was discussing, there's no chazaka telling us, there's no Raglam ever telling us currently that the woman is Mizana, she drank, and she was Tahira. So when the Yedechon comes and says she was Mizana, since we don't have Etzim Nehmonas, and that which the Yedechon tells us, then there is no reason to say she'll lose her Heter. She continues with the Heter she had until now because of the Shtia. Only when the woman comes, the woman is currently Asura, the woman is currently sitting there with an Isra of Kina Vistira, then do we say there's Raglamadavar to believe the Yedechon. Reb Chaim says something similar. He says that all the Yedechon can do is turn the Isra that was already here because of the Kinev and make it into an Isra Olami, and make it into an Isra which stays forever. And Reb Chaim says, on that he's Nehman, klape that prat of making that Isra, of, of freezing it forever, making the woman Asur Terbal forever, the Ramam held, Ram agreed that the Eid does in fact have Nehmanus on that. But if the Eid wants to create an Isra out of nothing, if the woman does not currently have an Isra, on that says Reb Chaim, we're dealing with a situation of Ein Davish Be'erva, Bachas Mishnayim. If the Eid wants to turn the woman from an Isha Muteras to her husband into an Isha Asura on her husband, he doesn't have the Koach, he's not Shneidim, and Eid can't do that. But if the woman right now is Asura, Midin Kinevistira, then the Eid can come and say a situation where the Isser is here, the Isser should stay. She should not be allowed to drink, and she should be Usser forever because of that Isser. And the Eid is actually being Mechazik the Isser through his Namanas that we have in the Eidus that he's giving us. And that has real Namanas, says Reb Chaim, on the Etzamaisa. However, the Ramam we discussed, after the Shtia, the Eid come from Ninesayam, there, since there is no Isser here, the Eid Echad has to create an Isser out of nothing. And that we say, Ein Dever Shev'er Pachas Mishnayim. And that's what the Ramam meant, that the Eid Echad does not um, uproot the Hezkes Tara the woman has after the Shtia. The Karnora is mayor, another Ha'ara on this Nikuda. He says, L'chora, if all the Yedach has come to do is simply to be Moneh the Shtia, nothing more, so L'chora, we wouldn't need the Chiddush of Kol Makam Shehamina Torah Yedach Rekan Shnayim. There is no Darvisha Be'erva to simply take away the Shtia and tell us not to be Mashka the woman. The woman has an Isra sitting on her. The Yedach is not getting involved in her Isra. All he's saying is, don't be Mashka, nothing more. Why do you need a Chiddush? It's Muchach, says the Karen Ora. The fact that we need this Chiddush of that together is a Nehmonas and the Etzim Maisa. The only thing is, there are rules. The rules are we can only give the Eidacha that Nehmonas once we have the Raglayim Adar of the Kine Vistira. Or as Reb Chaim Nusach was, once we have the Isra of the Kine Vistira here, the man can be, the Eidacha can be Mechazik, the Eidacha, through his Nehmonas and his Eidus. However, there is Nehmonas in that which he tells us. But if we don't have that context, if we don't have that Isra into which the Eidacha is coming into that context, then we don't have the right to believe him, and that's what Ramam says, we don't believe him afterwards, to Astra and her husband after she was proved Muteras. So to summarize, there's a Chakir in Achron, and what's the Geder of the Nehmanus of an Eid regarding the Tum of Esoto to make her Astra and her husband? The Gemara said, does that mean he has the Nehmanus on the Maisa, just like two Eidim, or no? He does have the same Pu'ula as the two Eidim, that he can prevent the Shtia, but he doesn't have etzim nehmonos on the maisa. The Mishnah Melech was clear, but that's Haramam, that it was the second side. It was only a mini on the shtia, nothing more. However, the Karen Ora of Chaim were not pleased with this because we see the Ramam says that a woman can become a vade sota, and there's even malchus on her bia from the husband after an eidechad comes. So we see that the man is actually changing her status and not simply taking away our ability to mashka her. Elamai, they explained that which Ramam seemed to intimate that the, all the Eid is doing is being Moneh the Shtia. What that means is that the Eid cannot work in a vacuum. The Eid needs a context of an Isra, of Kine Vistira, or of the Raglayim of Kine Vistira, for us to be Mam in him. But once he has that context, then he has Namanus. That's what Drama meant. However, if after the fact, after the Isra of the Kine Vistira had been lifted because the woman had drunk and she had not been Nivdak, then the Eid has no Namanus, has no context to come within and say that there was an Isra. And in fact, this is a little bit reminiscent 
What we saw in Nafchaf Hay, when we discussed the sugya of Mechila and Kinoi, the Kinevestira is not simply a Metzias, that whenever there was Kinevestira in the history of the woman, that automatically leads to Raglai Madover. The Kinevestira is a Din. Kinevestira creates a certain Raglai Madover in the Torah's eyes, that the Torah will give Din, and that if it's done in a certain fashion, then we do or do not ask the woman. Here, in this case, where the woman have been Shaisa, not been Nivdak, there the Torah, even though theoretically there was Raglai Madover, the Torah didn't recognize it that way. And hence, there isn't enough context to believe they had echad within. This is a very important yisod in Sota to highlight and to remember the geder of the nemanus of echad on Tumah of Sota. One more ha'ara before we complete the sixth parak, Rezid Hashem. In the last couple lines of the parak, the Gemara discusses why we needed the Chiddush of Imsule Edus, we go Acharov Deos, that we don't say Trey Kamea. But rather we go Basar Rov, we go Basar the majority, need to be told us twice in the Mishnah in two different cases. One in a case of Echad Omer Nitmes, Ushnaim Omer Lo Nitmes, Haisa Shaisa, that we go from the two over the one to say that she was not Tamei and she could drink. And then the opposite Chiddush, Shnaim Omer Nitmes, the Echad Omer Lo Nitmes, Lo Haisa Shaisa, that we give the nod to the two over the one to say she was Tamei and she does not drink. Why does the Mishnah need to tell me this Chiddush in both directions? That we go to Basar of Deus. And the more answer is, Mao de Tema, Ki Azlinon Basar of Deus Lechumra, Avlkula Lo Azlinon Kamashwan. That if we only had one case, we would have thought it's only Lechumra that we go after of Deus and not Lekula. That it would appear there's a Machlokas in Rashi and Tosvis, as had to identify in our Mishnah which is the case of Chumra, or which is the case of Kula. As we mentioned, one of the dinim of our Mishnah is that the woman is Shaisa. That's in the case where the two Adem that came said she was not Tamea. And the one that says she was she was Tamea, since the two are more than the one, we let the woman drink kafi what the two Adem says she was not Tamea. And the opposite case where the two Adem come and say that she was Tamea, and only one Ad says that she was not, then we do not let her drink because we go buster the two Adem who says who say that she was Tamea. Rashi says clearly that the Chumrah of the Mishnah is the conclusion that she should be allowed to drink. That's a Chumrah to say that she drinks, as opposed to a Kula. Rashi says, it's Shalotishta, it's Lahakam Allah, she's not required now to drink because we have Adam telling us that she is Tamea. On the other hand, it's Mukhak and Tosus, not like this. Tosus writes that there's an extra special Chiddush in our Mishnah, more than other Mishnahites around Shas, which have a similar scenario of two puzzle Adam against one puzzle aid, and that over here we don't, we, we do go bust to the Rov Deos, even though there's Raglayim Ladover. And Tosis calls that a kula. In other words, Tosis is saying that even though there's Raglayim Ladover, to believe the one aid that said that the woman was Tamea, that's the Raglayim Ladover, that she had Kina Vestira, so probably the aid that says she's Tamea was correct. Despite that, we go bust her Rov Deos, we go bust her the two women, the two Psulim who come and say that she was not Tamea, and then we allow her to drink. And that tosis calls a kula. So it's muhach and tosis that letting her drink is called a kula. The opposite of Rashi, who said that letting her drink is a chumrah and not letting her drink is a kula. And the Marsha is bothered why did tosis learn this way. But Lechora, there's a very good reason to learn like tosis. And that is for the, kash, the reason of the kasha that the Karen Ora and the Rashash raise on Rashi. They say, they say, they don't understand. Why would Rashi say that the kula is to be classified as not letting the woman drink? Adarabah, if the woman drinks, she has a chance of becoming Tahira. Maybe she'll come out okay. She'll come out Zakai. And she'll be able to return to her husband. If the woman is not permitted to drink, so then her fate is sealed. She can no longer be mutter to her husband forever. She's not given the right to drink. So why would it be called a kula to not let her drink? Why, we would have expected the opposite, to call it a khumrah and not a kula. And Rosh Hashan as well, a if we let her drink, it's a kula that we're being mochik as Hashem. We don't know who's right. Maybe the Yedechad who came and said that she was to me was right, and we're not allowed to be mochik the shame. So it's really a kula to let her drink and to be mochik the shame in the process of preparing the mesota. That's the kasha they leave Rashi as a tzarechian. I saw in the Torah's Kano, it's a very simple solution. He writes that really both ways is a khumra and a kula. If you are to make the woman drink, so there's potential chumrah if she's in fact guilty, if she's in fact tamea, she'll be nidak adedemayim. In that situation, it's much better for her not to be nivdak. However, there is a kula in making her drink. That, as we explained, maybe she'll become tahira and she'll get her ksuba and it won't become usher to her husband. Having the other side of not making, not allowing her to drink, there is a chumrah, the fact that now she's usher to her husband and she'll lose her ksuba. However, there's also a kula in that if in the event she's tamea, now she'll be saved from the fate of being nivdak adedemayim. She won't have to have that ordeal. So he says, because there were both chumras and kulas in either solution, whether or not we said, be mashka her, 
or we said not be mashka her. There's a chumra and kula in both of those conclusions. So then it's muchach that we the Mishnah had to say both bavas. He says that's really what the Gemara means. And Rashi's, Rashi and Tosas in essence aren't arguing with each other. Rashi and Tosas are both shading different parts of the of the coin. Rashi is discussing the chumra in having her drink and the kula not making her drink, which he has a discuss. The kula is she won't be nivdak if in the event she's tamea. Whereas Tosas is discussing that if there's reglaim whatever, telling her there's tamea, so there's a kula in having her drink because maybe she'll become Tahira to her husband, I did drink. So really, Rashid Doses are really stressing different points of the Chumra and the Kula. But there's no real machlokas. Both Bavas needed to be said because both Bavas contain, them, contain within them a Chumra and a Kula. Tozas is simply addressing one side of the coin. And he's saying there's a Kula in letting her drink. And therefore, there's a, an extra special Chumra and a Mishnah, even though there's a Glaimodover, which would have us to believe the Eid Echad, who said she's Tamea, and therefore not to let her drink. Well, there is a Tzad Kula in allowing her to drink, and that's a Chumra of our Mishnah. We believe the Rav Deos to that side. And Rashi is trusting the other side of the coin that there is a Kula in not letting her drink, as Rashi is clear, so that she will not be Nivdak. And that's the Chumra of our Mishnah, that we believe the two Edim, who say she is Tamea, and therefore she cannot drink, over the one aide who said that she's not to man, she'd be allowed to drink, even though it's a kula that now we don't make her drink. So that's a simple solution of the Taurus Kenos. The really Rashi and Tosas are addressing different issues, but everyone agrees that in both Tzadim of being mashka and not being mashka, they're both chumras and kulas. And therefore, in any event, we need two bavas to tell us that no matter what kind of kula we could come up with, we're still going to go with the klal of Holchan Acharov Deus. Ezra Hashem, we begin the seventh parak. The beginning of the Mishnah makes a list for us of seven different krios that we find in the Torah that can be made in any lashon. And apostas, these seven krios can be categorized into two different types of categories. And that is one type of kriya, which is a recitation. The Torah is mechayev as part of a mitzvah obligation of apostas, that we need to say a certain text or at least express certain ideas. But it's coming as a recitation. The Torah required us to verbalize certain ideas or certain text. On the other hand, we have a category of things in which the content is driving the Amira. In other words, that what's, what interests us in terms of this mitzvah, or in terms of this Indian, is that the content of the Amira to be, is going to be communicated. And it's not merely a recitation of words, but the Iker Indian is that we should communicate an idea through this Amira. And the pastos, if we examine the list of the seven things which are brought in our Mishnah, which can be made by Choloshon, we would see that Lechorah, Kriyashma, Tefillah, and Birchus Amazon, which Lechorah fit into the category of recitations. Certainly Kriyashma, which the pastos has an exact text one must say, that Lechorah certainly would go into the category of recitation as well. Tefillah and Birchus Amazon, we do have a text of Anshinesh Agdola that we're talking for us, even though Lechorah one could be Yodse, the Iker Mitzvah, of tefillah or of Birkas Amazon without reciting that text, but still at the end of the day, it's a recitation in which certain key ideas must be noted, much must be expressed verbally. That's how one does the mitzvah. And as well, the pastas, we would classify vidu meiser under this category of a recitation as well. The Torah is mechayvas a mitzvah to come and verbally be mitzvada that we did all of the inyanim of meisers and meiser sheni correctly at the end of the beer meisros. And that's Lachar also under the category of a recitation that fulfills our religious requirements. So that's Lachar one category, Vidyo Meiser, Kriyashma, Tefillah, and Birgis Amazon. To the other extreme, Lachar we have Shavuos Se'edos and Shavuos Se'bikadon. Certainly there, Bepastos, there is no precise text that the Torah uh, pr- prescribes Bechal for a Shavuah. And the whole Indian of the Shavuah is that the Edim, or the person being called for the Mammon, in the case of Shavuah Pikadon, is undertaking the Shavuah, saying Amen to the Shavuah, listening to the Shavuah, expressing the Shavuah. The whole Indian is the content of what he's saying. It's not simply a recitation. You need to say a text. But rather, the whole Indian, the whole mitzvah, revolves around the fact that they undertook to say this Amira, to make verbal their intentions, their ideas that they have in their mind, that they do know, they don't know Edos, or that they don't owe the money. And that's what makes the Shavuah. So that's the Chorah for sure, going to be categorized, categorized under the second category, something which is, it's the, it's the content which drives the Chashivas of the Amira. Now, with regard to Parsha Sota, here there's not going to be a mistopic. On the one hand, we might say that the whole Indian of the Parsha Sota is to communicate content to the woman. We want the woman to know that she's being nishba. She has to swear that if she's Tamea, that she's going to be affected by the Mesota, and if not, then not. And the whole point, then, is to get the message across to her that she has to take the Shvua. On the other hand, the Torah does prescribe a certain text, 
And we know we said earlier in the Masechta that this text was even written down on um, the Tavla and the Besamikdash, and the Kohen would read off the text and write it down for the woman, and he would erase that text in the the Mesota. And Lachora, there would be there would be a malcolm to say that it's an Indian of a recitation. The Torah wanted us the, to recite with the Sota this text of the Shvua. So the truth is, this Chakira is cleared in hearing the Chidusha Griz on our Mishnah, B'Shem of David Salavashik Shlita, they bring this Chakira, Pasha Sota, what is the Indian of Pasha Sota? Pasha Sota is simply uh, a way of communicating the Shvua to the woman that she needs to be told and warned what's going to happen to her, and that's what the Indian of the Shvua is, simply to communicate an idea to her, or no? Is there a din of Kriyasa Parsha, that the Parsha must be read and recited by the coin to the woman, and the woman was the omen to the Parsha, it's really a din of Kriyasa Parsha. So there, in the Kedusha Agriz, they bring of David Salvation with Metaik, the Lushan of the Mishnah, Parshas Saita, the Gemara uses, the Mishnah rather uses the term Parshas, and it simply doesn't say Shvua Saita, or anything else of that nature, Dafka uses the word parshas, which might lead us to conclude that it's a din of Kriyasa Parsha. It's a din of a recitation that the Torah wanted the coin and the woman together to speak out these words verbally. That's how they do the mitzvah. And we see later in our Mishnah, when the Mishnah contrasts things which must, must be said by Lashon HaKodesh, there the word parsha appears, parshas HaMelech, Parshas Eglarufa, there but Parshas is a text that must be recited by the Melech in the case of Hakel, or by the Zikadim in the case of Eglarufa, that certain words, certain recitation has to be made. And Lachor, the Loshan of Parshas, would indicate that this is in fact true. The Briskar of notes, or of David Salvich, there are notes that this is not, the fact, it's in fact that Sota is listed in the Mishnah isn't necessarily a Raya. That it's a recitation, or as we proved, shvuos eidus shvuos bikodin, but pashas are not recitations. They're, the whole idea of the amir is to communicate an idea, and we could have said the same thing for sota. But the lashon of parsha sota might have been mashma that it is in fact a din kriya. Now there is a backup lechor of this diak of uh, David Salavechik from the Tosfos later on in the beginning of the eighth parak. Tosfos and Medayik, the hemshich of our mishnah, it lists some of the kriyas that must be made by lashon hakodesh, and there it says parshas hamelech. Parshas Eglarufa, Umashuach Muhamma. There it omits the word Parshas. It just says Mashuach Muhamma without the word Parshas. And Tosas is bothered. Why is it different? Why does it not say Parshas Mashuach Muhamma the same way it says Parshas Eglarufa? And Tosas answers, A Yisod Lchoram Nishakura Mamish, and Dafman Bay, Tosas writes, Yesh Lomar, Deloshaich Lamemar Parshas Mashuach Muhamma, Share Loy Nitna Mishum Mitzvah Kriya, Elo Mishum Hasra. That it doesn't make sense to use the word parshas in reference to Mashiach Muhammad, because it's not a mitzvah's kriya. There's no mitzvah to read the psukim that the coin at the bow front on the border when they're about to go to war reads the psukim, but rather it's to give a hasra, to say that anyone who has averos, anyone who's afraid, anyone who has the right to go back for any reason, we'll see later in the sigis, uh, under what circumstances a person may leave the battlefront, that's what the coin is telling the people when he gives them these instructions. So it's that's what it is. It's instructions. It's not a din kriya. You have to say these words. You have to recite, make a recitation in order to fulfill a mitzvah obligation, but rather the Torah said, under these circumstances, communicate these ideas, give the hasra, warn people what they have to know, make sure they get the message. That's the idea of the parshas of Shulchan Mochama. And Tosas writes, because that's the case, he can't say the word parshas, parshas is mashma, there's a din kriya. And therefore, the Ravid Salvation concludes, the there's a diak from the Loshan Parshas, the fact that the Mishnah does say Parshas Sota, with regard to the Shvua that we give to the Sota, that it's a Din Kriya, that it's not simply a, a idea of communicating the Shvua to the woman, but there's a recitation, a mitzvah to be, to recite these words and fulfill a, 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 a ritual during this recitation in Parshas Sota. Now, I should point out that Tosis is difficult. The Be'er Sheva already over there on Nathman Base asked on Tosis that not every time something is a Parsha, Meaning something is said as a mitzvah's kriya, as a recitation. Does it say the word parsha? For example, the Rashava asks, it says in our mission later, chalitza. And there are certainly bapashas as a recitation. The Torah said in order to perform the ritual of chalitza, you have to have the woman saying this and the man saying this. That's certainly bapashas, just simply recitation. And yet still the mission does not say parsha's chalitza, it says chalitza. As well, the Rashava asks, it says mikra bikurim. There are also the chorah, it's a recitation. The Torah commanded us when you bring bikurim to say the parsha of rami ovid ovi, and that's also a recitation to fulfill the ritual of mikra bikurim. Why then does the mission not say parsha? So the Rashava proves, you see, not every time that something is only is given as a as a kriyasa parsha. Does it not say the word parsha? There are times when it omits the word parsha, even though it is a recitation. And so, therefore, it's difficult to suggest what Tosa says that whether or not we use the word parsha is dependent on whether it's a recitation or a message that needs to be communicated. Anyway, that's the ha'ara 
the Beresheva has in Tosis. But Lachor, we see clearly in Tosis, these two Tzadim, is Chakiris Mefersh in Tosis. Do we say that the things in our Mishnah are recitations, the Lashon of Tosis is Kriya Saparsha, or is it a Hasra? Meaning, is there some message that we want to communicate? The content is what's important. We want to get a message across to the other person. So to recap what we've seen until now, the list of the Mishnah of the things which are said the Chalosh and Mepashas can be classified into two categories. Things which are recitations that fulfill a certain religious ritual the Torah required of us, Kriyashma, Tfila, Berkas, Amazon, Bapashas, Vidu, Maestro as well. On the other hand, there are things in which the point is the content, the idea that is being expressed and communicated, that in Shvilas Eidos and Shvilas Abikadon. The Briskarav, Rav Salvechik, was Mistapik, what's Allah and Pasha Sota? Is Pasha Sota a recitation or is it a communication? We saw Be'atsim Tosas referred to this Chakira Naf Membez when he talked about Pasha's Mishroch Muhammad. The Loshan of Parshas in the Mishnah might have indicated that it in fact is a din kriyasa parsha, that is a din to recite this parsha in a certain way. It can be done with Loshan, but it has to be recited. However, the Resheva was mayor and Tosas on Nath Membez, that there are things in the Mishnah which are recitations, and yet the word parsha is not here, and therefore it might be that the word parsha is not an indication as to whether it's a recitation or not. Now, to be honest, every real case in our Mishnah, every pride in our Mishnah needs explanation. Is it really true that the classification that we would naturally give to them is true? Is it really true Kriyashma or Vidu Meiser is simply a recitation or not? For now, let's try to focus in on Parsha Sota, because we see Lachar, there is a Nafkamina to this Chakira, which is spoken about Mefurish in the Rishonim and in the Poskim. Lachora, one would think that the Nafkamina, or one of the Nafkaminas, in this Shail of whether or not there is simply a din of Kriyasa Parsha, or that there's a content-based Amira here that we're trying to get something across, trying to make a message, is whether or not one must understand the words that he's saying. It says in our Mishnah that you could say Parsha Sota and any Loshan. Now, if I say in any Loshan, but I don't understand the Loshan, or the woman doesn't understand the Loshan, what's the Alocha? Am I Yotzi the Mitzvah or not? Do have I done Parsha Sota properly or not? So as we'll see, Lachar, there is the Yukim Lakan Lakan from the Rishalmi and from the Rishonim. What's up with Rashi? Rashi says, in different Maslow Parsha Sota, in the name of Sifri, that had we not had the Pasuk to tell us that Parsha Sota may be recited the Chaloshon, we would have learned out a Kalvachomer from Parsha's Chalitza, which only relates to Matring and Isra, uh, an Isra Kal, an Isra Lav, uh, Yivam Lashuk, the Dared has to be made, Be Lashon HaKodesh. The Kalvachomer Sota, which relates to an Isra Chomer of Eshes Ish, certainly we would have required Lashon HaKodesh, and therefore we need a Pasuk to tell us that Parsha Sota must be done may be done rather now the Pasha says that Lefilis Havmi would have had that Pasha Sota must be made we wouldn't have cared if the woman understood or did not understand we would have said it's a din it has to be said and it doesn't matter if she understands or not now the truth is Tosis addresses this issue first in different masks called and Tosis has a girsa not like our girsa our girsa in the mission is Tosis prefers the girsa of Bilashonum. And that is that Tosa says Bilashonum has the implication that the person speaking or hearing the Parsha has to understand the language he's speaking in. That Bechalosha might have been Mashma, any language, even if you don't understand. Bilashonum is Mashma, the language that one understands. That's what Tosa wants to say. However, Tosa at the end of Tosa says, Uvigimara loy Mashma hochi. The Gemara is not mashma that there's a requirement in these things in the Mishnah for the person speaking or hearing to understand the language that is being spoken in. And the Achronim struggle a lot with this cryptic line in Tosis. What does Tosis mean? Where is the Gemara that Tosis is referring to? That it's not mashma. The Dvar of Rama is one shot. The Torah Sakhnos is another shot. The Maria Panam and the Rishami suggest perhaps Tosis is coming from the Gemara at the beginning. That the Gemara, when it darshans the Pasuk and Parsha Sota to say that it may be said Bechaloshon, the Loshon of the Gemara is Bechaloshon Shehu Aimer. Lachor is referring to the Koyin, that the Koyin may say Sota in any language that he understands. And the Gemara seems to be ignoring whether or not the woman understands. That's the Diak of the Mari Hapanim. And he notes, even though the Gemara later on says in the next line, Mashmin Oisa that we tell the woman things in a language that she understands, that he said might be Cholek, uh, the more reformed, that might be a Machlokas of Adiz, as we'll see shortly. But Lachor, the Pasuk Shantosis might be exactly what Rashi said. The fact that we need a Pasuk to say that Parashat Sota may be made with Chaloshan, the implication being that if it would not have the Pasuk, it, it would have to be made with Chaloshan then Lachor, wouldn't have cared whether or not the woman understood the language of Chaloshan HaKodesh or not. We would have said, that's a din, it's a, re- a recitation to say it in Chaloshan HaKodesh. We don't care whether or not the woman understands what she's being told or not.
Now let's go a little bit further and try to be Medayik a little bit more from other places. If you look at Rashi on that Gemara that we quoted from the Mariah Panim, the Gemara at the top of Amid Beis, the beginning of the Perak, in which our Gemara has the Lashon, B'chol Lashon Shu Oimer, referring to the Kohen, what he says, Rashi says the correct verse in the Gemara is B'chol Lashon Shehi Shoimas. In other words, the Gemara is not referring to the language the Kohen knows, but more importantly, the language that the woman understands. So the that's correct. What Rashi is saying is that without the Pasuk, I would have thought that you could say Belashana Kodesh, even if the woman does not understand. Comes on the Pasuk and says, that the woman must understand, and therefore you could do it in any language. If she doesn't understand Belashana Kodesh, do it in some other language or language that she does understand. That's what Lachor should come out from Rashi, that it would have been a Havamina to say that Parsha Sota may be said only in Belashana Kodesh, even if the woman doesn't understand. Kamashla on the Pasuk, the Drosh is telling us that it may be said in a language that the woman must be sounding in a language the woman understands in any language that that might be. If you look at the Rambam, there seems to be somewhat of an unclarity. On the one hand, the Rambam in the Yad, in Hulchasot and Paragimel, writes that it's it's incumbent upon the Kohen to be mashbia, the woman, in a Lashon Shehim Akira. Now, this woman has to understand that language, whatever language the Kohen chooses to speak to her in. He may choose whatever language he wants, but it must be a language the woman understands. That's Chorah Ma'akev. However, the Rambam in the Parish of Mishnayis, as well as the Rav, in this parish in the Mishnah, Lechor referred to the Girsa of Argimar, that the Drasha was Bechalashem Shehuaymer, that it's referring to the Drasha about the coin, that the coin may be Mashbir the Isha in any language that he understands, and the Mashmaos might be, that even if the Isha doesn't understand the language the coin speaks, that's good enough. And the Tosis Yontif is Mayor this Ha'ara on the Ramam and the Rav. He says he doesn't understand Lechor, the simple Mashmaos of their uh, their Lashon in the Gemara of Chaloshon Shu Omer is like we're saying is Mashma. The woman does not have to understand. Even though L'Chaira, there are other things in the Mishnah which certainly a person does, does have to understand what he's saying. For example, Shvua Se'edus Hapikadon, as we explained earlier, that those things are obviously not only a recitation that would be enough to say words one does not understand. Obviously there, what one has to understand the Shvu he makes in order to be held accountable for it. And the Tosis Yontav is bothered that Sota would be different. And therefore he says that perhaps no, perhaps according to the Ramam and the Rav, it was Pashat that the woman has to understand that the words that are being told to her. The only Havamina was that we would have been able to say the Shvua and Lashana Kodesh even though the woman doesn't understand. In other words, there's something special about Lashana Kodesh. If the woman says Amen to a Shvua made by Lashana Kodesh, even if she does not understand, that would be good enough. And therefore the Pashat is coming to tell us that no, the shvu may be made in any language, but in the event that it's made in a language other than Lashon HaKodesh, the woman has to understand that which is being told, and it's not enough she says, Amen. And that's how we stimulate the two Ramams together. It's certainly true what the Ramam said in the Yad, in Hilchasota, that the woman has to understand the shvua. But on the other hand, it's true that the coin may say it in, in another language, only that if he said it by Lashon HaKodesh, it would be enough for the woman to say, Amen. And the MS is, this is a discussion in the postgame, is it enough when we have Krios that may be said, in any language, but there's a requirement to understand that which, that which one is saying. We'll see soon this is the case with regard to Kriyashma, according to most poskim. Um, and one it says in Elashon Kodesh and it does not understand, is it good enough? And the Prima Godin's was talking about the Shaila, the Bir Halacha, in Simon Samach Beis, brings from the Hagos of Rabbi Lezra Landau and Arsugya, as well as in the Be'er Shev and Arsugya, they take on as a Deverpashat, that once one says something in Lashon HaKodesh, even if he does not understand that which he's, he's saying, it's still good enough. Lashon HaKodesh is a special, a special schooler that one is Yodse, the recitation is making, even if normally there's a requirement to understand what he's saying. Lashon HaKodesh has the Etzem Dibor of what he's supposed to be saying, and therefore one does not need to understand the words, the meaning of the words. But in any event, what I'd like to flesh out and highlight is we clearly see this dichotomy. On the one hand, we have indications pulling us and indicating that the Parsha Sota would not require the Isha to understand that which is being told to her. That Lachor is Medayik from Rashi and the Mishnah, the fact that we need a Pasuk to tell us the woman must understand, as well as from Tosis who said, perhaps that's what Tosis meant, that in Parsha Sota we do not need the woman to understand the Shua being told to her. On the other hand, we have the Tosis Yontav saying, that was Pasha, the woman has to, un- has to understand another language other than Lashon HaKodesh, and the only Shiloh was whether or not the Koyin may administer the Shua in a language other than uh, Lashon HaKodesh to the Isha. So again, we see different d- indications in different directions, and the Chor might be told in the Chakir we began with, is Parsha Sota simply a recitation of a Parsha in order to fulfill the ritual requirement in Parsha Sota, or is it a communication that we're trying to 
be modia the woman, be master her, and communicate something to her that she has to know. Now, the emes is, this is mefurash machlokas in the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi, the beginning of Perek, brings machlokas between Rabbi Yonasan and Rabbi Yoshia. Rabbi Yoshia says, similar to our Gemara, the Gemara by us makes a drush of Omar HaKlein Le'isha, our Gemara's Lashon is B'chol Lashon Shehu Oimer, the Lashon of Rabbi Yoshia is B'chol Lashon Shehi Shemas. There it's clear that Rabbi Yoshia requires the woman to understand, but it's also clear Rabbi Yoshia required a Pasuk for this. In other words, like the Diak we made in Rashi, and perhaps this is the Kavanah of Tosis as well, that Rabbi Yoshia is saying without a Pasuk of telling us, the Pasuk exerts a custom to say that the Isha may be told in a Lashon that she understands, would have thought we say the Lashon HaKodesh, L'chari, even if the woman does not understand. Yushami goes on, Omle Rabbi Yonason, Vim Eno Shemas, Lomiona Achrav Omen. Rabbi Yonason says, How can you have a Shvua that the woman doesn't understand what she's being told? How could she possibly be expected to say Omen, be Mikabal the Shvua, if she doesn't understand the language she's being spoken into? So Rabbi Yonason is saying, No, it's Pasha to us that because the Indian of Pasha Sota is to communicate the Shvua to the woman, she should be under, understand that she's being warned through the Shvua what's going to happen, and she, by accepting the Shvua, is accepting all the consequences of what's going to happen by being choice of the Mesota and not being Moda that she was Tamea. That means it has to be done in a language she understands. So Rabbi Yonason is saying, Mila, you don't need a Pusik for that. There's no need for a Pusik to say that the woman has to understand. Ella, what in fact is the need for the Pusik? Ella, Shala Yomar La Aide Turgamon. The Chiddush of the Pusik is that the Koyin has to speak the same language as the woman. The Koyin can't say it in Lashon HaKodesh or some other Lashon and then have it be translated for the woman into the language she understands. Rather, the Koyin and the Isha have to be speaking the same language. So that might be a din, a din in the Kriya Saparsha that in addition to the fact that the shvua has to be communicated to the woman in a way in which she understands, in a language she understands, there also might be a din that the coin has to be the one to be mashbir. She can't then hear through a translator what the coin said. But either way, l'chor, the ikra in ear is a machlekes. Rabbi Yoshia says, I would have expected that the pasuk, that the woman could be told by Shasota in a language she does not understand. Rabbi Yonah says, no, l'chor, the fact that she's taking the shvua and saying amen means that certainly she has to understand. And the pasuk has only come to tell me that she has to hear it directly from the coin and not through a translator. So l'chor, this opinion of whether or not you have to understand, the woman would have to understand the Pasha Sota is good for the Machlokas in Rabbi Yoshia and Rabbi Yonasa. And by extension to what we spoke about earlier, to connect it back, it might be this is the Chakira, whether or not the Iker of Pasha Sota is meant to be a recitation, and therefore one would not necessarily require the woman to understand that which is being told, that's maybe how Rabbi Yoshia understood, or no, is the Iker of Pasha Sota, like Rabbi Yonasa and tying it back. What do you mean? It's a Shvua, she has to know, she has to be well aware of what she's being told, and that's the Iker of Pasha Sota. And therefore it's Pasha that she has to understand the language. The only question was, does she have to be told directly by the Koyen or not? So again, to sum up what we've seen until now with regard to Parsha Sota, extending the Chakira that we saw from Dov Salavichik is Parsha Sota din Kriya Parsha, or simply a Hasura, an idea that's communicating. We Lchora supposed that the Nachkamina in this would be whether or not the woman should have to understand that which is being told, or if it's just a recitation, just being Yotze, a mitzvah, through reciting a certain parsha, a certain text, then the woman not necessarily have to understand the shur she's being told, whereas if it's an idea of hasra, obviously she would. We noted l'chorah, there's a diok and rashi, and perhaps in tosis as well, that mi'ikra din, we would have conceptualized sota as not requiring the woman to understand that which is being told, and rather it's enough for her to simply be told the parsha. Perhaps, according to Rashi, that was only according to Havamina, once we didn't have a Pusik, but once we prove a Pusik, that the woman may, the parsha may be recited in any Lashon, Rashi then seemed to indicate that the woman has to understand the language she's being spoken into. In the Ramam as well, we saw a difficulty. In the one hand, the Ramam said that the woman has to understand the language. On the other hand, the Ramam brought from Argimara that the Koyin is the one who has to understand the language she's speaking in. Tosis Yontif was Miyashev, that it was Pasha to the Rambam, that the woman has to understand the language of Shaila is, if it was said to her in Lashon HaKodesh, and she said, Amen, was that enough for now? We saw that the post can debate that question. If someone has something that he must recite in a language he understands, and he recites it in Lashon HaKodesh, which he does not understand, it's not good enough. The Prabhagadam is Mustapik, and the Be'alacha brought from several Achronim, who said it's good enough, Lashon HaKodesh is always going to be good. And so what we took note, Lishul Chorizm, a first Shemachlokas, and Yushami, whether or not the Pashas, we would have conceptualized Sota, something which requires the woman to understand the Shvor or not, and perhaps this is the Machlokas and the Lambdas of the Chakira, is Parsha Sota simply a recitation of the Shvor, or no, is it something that has to be communicated to the woman that she should understand what is being told to her? I'll also add, Lukhar, based on what we've seen so far, there might be a possibility to Miyashi Vakasha, which the Tosa Rush 
and Tosa Shantz ask in the entire sugya in the Hemshech in the coming blot. That is that Gemara brings Mikoros in the explaining our Mishnah, both to explain the things that may be said b'choloshon, examples of the beginning of the Mishnah, and as well it brings Pesukim to explain the things which must be said b'choloshon HaKodesh. And the Tozer Rosh and Tozer Shantz are very bothered, why do I need both? Whatever the Pashtas is, you shouldn't need a Pasha for that. In other words, if the Pashtas is that you may say any of the things from the Torah in B'lashon HaKodesh, then you shouldn't need a Makor for all the things in the Mishnah which must be said B'lashon HaKodesh. You should only need a Makor for the things that there's a hatter to say, B'shal And on the contrary, if the Pashtas is that the Torah may be said, B'chaloshem, so you shouldn't need a Makor to say such things. You should only need a Makor for exceptions to that, for things that must be said, B'lashon HaKodesh. And they don't really have such a great answer to this question. L'chore, if we'll say that one of the debates in our Mishnah was whether or not one needs to understand that which is being told or that which is saying, that might be uh, a Mahalach to say that that was what the Gemara needed a, uh, a Makor for. Not so much that it said B'chaloshem, but that it must be said in a Loshem that you understand. And if you look in the Haggaz of Rabbi Lezim HaShaharwitz, and Nafla Megimam and Aleph, he seems to say this, that that's what really all the Pesukim of the Gemara are coming to tell us, that it's not enough that it may be said in a language that the person doesn't understand, but rather it must be said in a language, even if it's another language other than Lashon HaKodesh, but it must be in a language that the person being spoken to or the person speaking does in fact understand. Now let's go on in our Mishnah. The Mishnah also talks about Kriyashma. And we already mentioned the the Pashas of Kriyashma is that it is a recitation, that it's simply a, a key in mitzvah of saying the words. Now in the context of Kriyashma and Tefillah, Tosas asks an interesting question. Tosas in different Maskal Kriyashma asks, Tema, Amai Shir Halil, the Kiddush al Shabbos, Tosas is bothered that the Mishnah does not give an exhaustive list. It talks about certain inyanim of tefillah, of inyanim that we recite as brachos, but it leaves a whole bunch of things out. It leaves out halal, it leaves out kiddush, and it leaves out brachos anen and brachos amitzvah. And Tosas is bothered. Why does it? Tosas suggests a few possibilities, what the chilek might be. Tosas, the end, ends up with a tremendous chilek. Tosas says, the few lines in the bottom of the nirah, Dehani ne'amarim b'chaloshon, afilu eno shameah. That the things the Mishnah omitted, Halel, Kriyashma, excuse me, Halel, Kiddush, and uh, Birkas Anen and Birkas Mitzvos, those things may be said in any language, even if one does not understand them. Here Tosa says, with regard to Kriyashma, Tfila and Birkas Amazon, that the person must say these things in a language he understands. However, when it comes to Halel, Brachos, and Kiddush, one need not say the uh, recitation of these things in a language he understands. And Achron have a very difficult time understanding what is the difference between these uh, these things. Why is it that Chazal or the Torah would insist that one understands that which he's saying when he says Kriyashmat Filam Berkasamazon, but not with regard to Kiddush and Brachos? The psak, the etim psakatosis, that in Brachos and Kiddush and Halo, one does not have to understand what he's saying, is actually passed in the Lachalam by the Magan Avram. And the Shulchan Arab in Semen Samach Beis in Orachaim. However, many Achronim take them to task. They say they don't understand the, the diak, the difference between Kriyashma, Tfila, and Brikasamaz on the one hand, and Brachos, Halal, and Kiddush on the other hand. And as well, we saw the previous Tosas wasn't even so, so sure about his diak in the Mishnah, that the things in the Mishnah one does have to understand what he's saying. And therefore, they're Docha, and they say that Lachara, you have to be consistent. Either none of the things do you have to understand, or all of them do you have to understand. And the Bihalacha over there in Simon Samach Beis, he goes with the Hagos, Rabbi Lezer Landau, that we quoted earlier, who says it's Pasha to him that when you're saying these Tfilos, even if it's Halal or Kiddush, which are not mentioned in the Mishnah, it's Pasha, if you're going to say them in another language other than Loshan HaKodesh, you have to say them in a language you understand. And the reason he gives is for a very simple rationale. He says there's a fundamental difference between Loshan HaKodesh and other languages. Loshan HaKodesh is a Loshan Be'etzim. The words intrinsically have meaning. It's the words, it's the letters that Abraham Shalom created the world with, and Be'etzim, the words, carry meaning to themselves, and therefore, if one says these words, he's Yodzi the Mitzvah, even if he does not understand. When it comes to other languages, however, when the, even though the Halacha does allow, does condone one doing these the the Krios in other languages, as our Mishnah tells us, but there's no way to say that one is Yodzi the Mitzvah if he doesn't understand. If he doesn't understand the language, since language, other than Lashon HaKodesh, is simply an arbitrary agreement of a certain nation or a certain tribe to agree for convenience sake. So this is how we're going to com- communicate with these words, with these syllables. There's no intrinsic meaning to the words. So if one doesn't understand what he's saying, it's meaningless. It has no meaning unless it has some meanings. It resonates somehow in the mind of the person who's speaking the words. And therefore, it's positive to their blessed land. And this is how 
the Bialocha passes the Maisa, that if a person does not understand the language he's speaking, it is not Yodse, Kriyashma, or any of the other things which one may say in other languages because there's no intrinsic meaning to the words. And parenthetically, the Bialocha there, in Simsach Beis, adds on a very interesting Chiddush, which many Achronim who came after the Chavitz Chaim had a lot of problems with. But that is, he says, he thinks that even if someone is speaking a language that he personally does understand, but the country or the culture in which he lives in, that language is not understood by most people. So then even if it's a legitimate language, it's spoken by a whole country, it could be a national language in a different country, but if in the place one is in, no one speaks that language, says the Biralacha Chiddush, that's not good enough. If only Yechidim in the, pers- in the place that he's in understands the language, even if the person who's speaking himself also understands the language, says it's not enough, it has to be a recognized language which is understood by the pr- people who is in the country he's in by a large majority of people. And he brings a raya from a Ritva. The Ritva says in Kiddushin that if one says in the province of Yehuda, in Eretz Yisrael, to be Mekadesh a woman, Charufasi, he says to the woman, I read Charufasi, then he's, then the woman is Mekudesh. That's because in Yehuda, they are of the custom of calling an Arusa Charufa, and therefore the Charufasi has the Mashmos of Arusasi. But anywhere other than the province of Yehuda, if one is in a different place in Eretz Yisrael, and he says, Hareat Charufasi, she's not Mekudesh. And the Ritva says, this is true even if they know what the word means, and they understand that Harfasin means Kiddushin, because this is not the Lashon of Kiddushin in the place that they're in, it's only the Lashon of Kiddushin in Yehuda, that's not good enough. That's what the Ritva says. Berlocha takes down from here, you see, that it ha- language only has meaning, even if it's a legitimate language somewhere else, and it has meaning to the people who are speaking it, if that language is spoken by a large majority of people in the context and the place in which it's being spoken. Now, it's famously known that Ivisa Kutner's that's how had a big problem with this Biralocha, and he went with this problem to Rav Chaim Ozer. Rav Hutner wrote this in his Sefer, Torah Sanozir, in Perak Aleph, uh, Halacha Ches. He writes that Lachor, the Ritva there is only speaking about a situation where it's a corruption of a language. Charafasi is a corruption. It happened to be a corruption, a slang that was accepted in Yehuda. So in Nechadam, when you have a slang, something which is not a real legitimate recognized language, so that slang is only going to be accepted in a place where the slang is used. In a place where the slang is not used, it's only a corruption. In a place that they don't use that corruption, even if you personally understand it, that's not good enough. But Rav Hunter says, Lachor, there's no raya, that if one is speaking a perfectly legitimate recognized language, it just happens to be the place that he's in. It's not so spoken to say that, that that's not legitimate. If someone is in the United States and he speaks Portuguese, some language, which is obviously a national recognized language, but it happens to be the place that he's in. Very few people speak it. That doesn't matter. It doesn't take away the fact that it has a chashivas of Elosha. And it's a doer of Hunter, in fact, on the uh, advice of Rav Chaim Ozer, went to visit the Chavitz Chaim. Rav Chavitz Chaim was tremendously advanced and aged at that time. It was towards the end of his life. And Rav Hutner posed this question to Chavitz Chaim, and the Chavitz Chaim responded, I don't have an answer for you, but I do know that when I learned the sugya, the Chiddush I said was very clear to me. In any event, that's the Chiddush of the Be'alacha, and there are other Chodim also who uh, debate and question this Chiddush of the uh, Be'alacha, that a language which is spoken in other countries, but not spoken in the country one is speaking in, is Yotze, if he in fact understands the language that he's speaking in. Now, we should know that this idea of uh, the Be'alacha and the Revelator Landau in our Sigya, and that goes in the back of the Gemara, that in other languages one must understand the language he's speaking in, is not so Pashat. The Karen Ora in our Sigya took on exactly the opposite. He said, look, Kriyashma, as we spoke about earlier, is simply a recitation. It's simply a, a din that you have to read the parasha. And therefore, he sees no reason to expect why you should have to understand the language you're speaking in. As well, the Dvar Avram in uh, Truva and Chalak Al-Simul as well, seems to assume this way. Since, since he says, we don't understand what Tosa said, the chilik between Kish and Halal and Brochus on the one hand, and Kriyashma, Birkas Amazon, and Tzvi on the other hand, so the Pashas, there should be no reason why we should have assumed that one needs to understand the language that he's speaking in. There's no reason to say the Pashas said in another language, you need to, to have Avon in the language. However, he does say it's possible to grant to Kriyashma that because the Drasha that we say to tell us that one may speak in uh, other languages is Shema, the Choloshon Shatosh so there is perhaps an implication in the word Shema that you also have to understand the language. It's not enough that you are speaking a different language, but also you understand the language. And he brings from the Meiri in our Sugiho as well, has a much like that, that when one 
is to mimikayim kriyashma, in a language that he shomea, that means he has to have a language that he understands. As well, he says perhaps tefillah, because it's the Indian of kavana and tefillah, so perhaps there is an Indian to, to understand the language you're speaking in. However, the current order knows, l'chara, that's not muchach, because harei kavana is not ma'akev in kimat all tefillah, except for the first bracha. And even in the first bracha, it's very possible that when I talk about this, it could be it has a shame tefillah, it's just that one is not yotze with that kavana. But it still has a chevs of tefillah, even if one has no kavana bechlal. And therefore, it's difficult to say, one needs to understand the language that he's speaking in, in terms of tefillah. In any event, as we noted, the Biralacha Paskins, like the Haggos or Blazer Landau, that if one is speaking in a language other than Lashon HaKodesh, certainly has to understand what he's saying, otherwise it's meaningless. And the Karen Ora, even though, as we noted, was Mefakfeik, at the end he also says in Sfarah, this is correct, that in a language other than Lashon HaKodesh, there is no significance to the words, unless one understands that which he's saying. So to summarize what we saw about Kriyashma, we see Tosus is bothered. Why does the Mishnah only talk about Kriyashma and Tefillah, and not other types of Amiras that a people are believed to recite, like Kiddush and Brachos? Tosus suggests a Kiddush, which is very difficult to understand. The Chronim don't really have such Havon and Tosus, a chilik between whether one must understand the language you're speaking in or not, and in the things in our Mishnah, which one, in fact, must understand the language you're speaking in, but in other things, he does not need to understand. The Magan Avram passes its chilik of Tosus la but other achronim are docha the Magan Avram. There is machlokas. Which way do you go? Do you go and say that Kriyashma and Tefillah need not be said in the language one understands? That's what the Karen Ora understood the passus because there's no need for kavana, at least liikuva, and therefore there's no need to understand the language that one speaks in. As well, the Avram said that would have been the passus unless we have the Indian of the pasuk of Shema telling us that one must understand the language you're speaking in, or that Tefillah needs kavana, and therefore there's Indian to understand the language. However, on the other hand, we see that Rabbi Lezer Landau. And the Be'er Sheva and the Be'er Lacha said that, no, that when it comes to other languages, there is no meaning whatsoever to speaking in languages other than one one understands, because it has no intrinsic meaning to the words, except for Lashon HaKodesh, and therefore it's Pasha to them. The one must, in fact, understand the language you're speaking in, and we said the Be'er Lacha added a Chiddush. Not only that, but even if one does understand, if it's not an accepted language in the place in which he's uh, speaking, in which he's saying this, uh, this recitation, that's not good enough to be Yotze, the mitzvah. Now, one more theoretical nafkamina one would have thought should come out from our hakir that we started the sugya with, whether or not the things in our Mishnah which are being described are recitations or are communications, is how precise the translation has to be. We have a text in Parsha Sota, in Vidu Meiser, in Kriyashma, even the text of Tefillah, and Bikasamazan as well, which Anshin Kanesa set out for us. And when, when, when one decides he want to be Yotzi, these things, in Sharloshim, uh, he has to make a translation. How precise does the translation have to be? Does it have to be a word-for-word translation or not? L'chor Pashas would have thought, if it's a din of a recitation, you have to say these words, and L'chor has to be a precise translation. The words are ma'akib. You have to say exactly what the Torah said or what the Anshul said, and if you miss out words, if you don't translate them precisely, you're not doing the mitzvah properly. But if it's just an inyot of a translation, of a communication, of just getting an idea across, or of saying a certain idea, so so long as you capture the ikr content, that should be good enough. It shouldn't be required to have a precise translation. So the truth is that the Beersheva already makes reference to this Indian. He says, he thinks that this girsa, which Tos is referred to, the difference between the girsa of Becholoshem, as opposed to Bilashonam, he says that, that, that the difference will be this question. If you say Becholoshem, the Mashmos would have been that it's not required to have a precise translation. It's enough if you have an approximate translation, so long as you say the Lashonos, Be'erech, the way that they're, they're said in Lashon HaKodesh, you translate it, Be'erech, the same ideas, even if you don't have a precise translation, that's good enough. However, if you examine the Rambam with regard to Vidu Meiser, Lechoritz Meduik very well, not like the Beersheba. The Rambam in the Pershon Lishnayis, Tamsechaz Meiser Sheni, which there as well the din is recorded that one may say Vidu Meiser Bechaloshon, the Loshon of the Rambam is Uvishas Kriya, Eno Kori Elanusach Hamikra Kemoi Shekosuf. That you have to read the text, the version of the text, the way it's written in the Pesukim. And the passage of this Rambam is very difficult. The Mishnah says, one may say, Vidu Meiser, Bechaloshon. And the Rambam says, you have to say it, Nusach HaMikra. What does he mean? So the Tzavdas Paneach from the Raga Shavar says, what the Rambam means is this Nakuda, that of course the Rambam agrees you could say it, but any language you, 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 you please. The Rambam means that that language has to be a precise translation of Vidu Meiser. What the Rambam says, Nusach HaMikra, it means you can't just approximate the Indian of Vidu Meiser when you say the Parsha. You have to say the Nusach HaMikra exactly the way it is. 
is which are, with a precise translation. The Rock Shepherd goes so far as to say that if by convention of the language in Lashon HaKodesh, the words are written in a certain order, that's how you say it. you have the verb first and then the noun, etc., then a preposition. If you have a different language, English, in which the noun comes first and then the verb, he says you cannot translate it in English in a way which is not a precise translation. You have to be Mahapech Veseder and translate it the way in which the, the convention of Lashon HaKodesh follows. And therefore the sentence won't make sense. You'll end up with a sentence in English, which is the verb comes before the noun and not the noun before the verb, because in Lashon HaKodesh that's how it works. He said that's what the means to say. It has to be a precise translation. And I found it with Siata Deshmaya, the Rambam, in the Trufus, Haramam, in Simon Rishon Dalad, he speaks about this issue black and white, and he says that when it says in our Mishnah that one may say the things B'chaloshon, it's Eino Mosef al Hanyonim, Ve'eno Gorea Mehem, he says black on white that it has to be precise translation. You cannot add anything. You cannot take anything away. You cannot approximate. You simply translate it into a different language and nothing else. That's the big siwa to the rugged shover that that's what drama meant in Meister Shani. And in fact, the, the Mishnah Brua and the Bir Halacha in Hilchas Kriyashman, in Samach Beis, also says like this. He says that he's very concerned with a person attempting to be Yotzeh Kriyashma by saying it in a language other than Lashon HaKodesh, because we don't know exactly how to translate the words. He says, how do you know how to translate the word Vishinantem? There are a few Pshatim and Chazal, maybe you're not getting exactly the right translation. And the word Litoitofos, you don't know exactly how to translate those words, and therefore, because you cannot find a precise translation, there's no way to say that you're Yotzeh Kriyashma in other languages. So, Hilachar also assumed Mahalacha, that when one is going to say the languages B'chalashon, that means he has to say them with a precise translation. L'fid l'chakir, we raised before, l'chor, that would indicate that it's a recitation of a parsha that one must be saying the parsha in an ofen in which the translation is precise. It's not enough just to capture the idea in the parsha that's simply an idea you're, you're, you're expressing in words, but rather it's a recitation, a formal recitation that requires one to do in a certain way in order to be yotze, the ritual of Kriyashma. The Gemara, when discussing the Chiyav Chatos for Avaraz Kechovim, notes that the Torah designated that one must bring a Seira and a Keva, which is detectable, that it is in fact the Chatos Avarazara. And the Gemara asks, won't people know that he'll, he did Avarazara and he'll be embarrassed? And then the Gemara answers, Hasam Nichzavinezel. It's better if he's embarrassed, in order that he can achieve Kapara. Savar Achronim quoted in the Sharit Shuva. And Hilchas Yom Kippur and Simon Tufridge, Zion of Arachayim, ask the Kasha from here, onto the Gemara earlier we had in the Masechton of Zion Omen Beis. There the Gemara asked, why was it that Ruvain was Modan, the chait he did with Bila? Harav Sheshas told us, Chotzef Alei Demafrit Chete, is considered a chutzpah to one who confesses his Averus in public and makes known to others what he did. And the Gemara answers, is only Keich de Luchetu Ruvain took responsibility so there shouldn't be chashad in anyone else. But be'etzem, it's considered an act of chutzpah. It's, not, it's improper to confess one's sins in public. So why is it that here the Torah has an agenda to say that in Avodah Zarah, one should bring a carbon that it can be told, it can be detected, and therefore will have kapara? So the Shachuva quotes from the Panameiros, who says that specifically in Avodah Zarah, there's an union of being embarrassed, because that brings more kapara. Avodah Zarah is considered an Avera Hamura. And in order to achieve the kapar, it's very difficult to achieve the level of kapar necessary in Avodah Zarah. Part of that has to be come through bizayin, through embarrassing oneself, but in any other Avera, that's not the case. And even within Avodah Zarah, the Panamiros and the Sharachuv explains only with regard to a shogig, which Aragamar is talking about bringing a chatas b'shogig, there, because he gets kapara from the karban, then it's kedai to be um, farsing what Avera he did. Mashikin and Amazed, then it's better to keep it quiet. And now let everyone know that he did such a terrible Avera of Avodazara B'mezid. One small but fundamental point that we'd like to highlight in Tosus and Ahmed Beis, the Ramaschal Verebi, Tosus is discussing the Machlokas Rebbe and the Rabbana, and the Digmara relates at the bottom of the Amud as to whether or not the Din of Kriyashman said it be read B'koloshon, or it has to be read B'loshon Kodesh. And the Gemara goes back and forth to Psukim, how each man the Omar darshins the Pasuk of the other one, how he accounts the different drushas which are made from every pasik which the Gemara brings. Atosis is bothered that we find some sigas which seem to have assumed that Kriyashma is Dirabonon, and Argimara Bapashis is making drushas from Sukkim, and it assumes that Kriyashma is Daraisa. Atosis struggles to miyashiv the sigas together. This is not really our Indian. I'd like just to focus on one line. Tosis writes that it's difficult to say that Pimiyashiv, the Argimara that makes drushas from the Psukim, to say the Kriyashma is, uh, can be read by Chaloshan or the other drushas the Gemara makes here is all, are all asmachtos because the Inyur of Kriyashma is only Rabbanon. And the Lashon of Tosis is 
the ancient Hagemara ledayik kol kach alasmachta. It's not the way of the Gemara to be medayik so much. If the drasha is only an asmachta, to then ask, how do we account for this other drasha? How can we make sure that all the pesukim are only used once and not twice? Tosa says, if it's only an asmachta, the Gemara is not. It's not the derech to do that. It's a very important so Tosa tells us that whenever we see that the Gemara makes an effort to miyashiv all the pesukim according to all the Omrim, make sure every pesuk is accounted for, and to make sure every drasha is not used more than once, that is an indicator that it's only in a smachtatosis, an ervin and nafchav gimel. It's also muchach that he holds like this, that's mitzvah the messiah on the bottom like this as well. It's possible, though not muchach, that this is totally in the well-known machlokas between the Rambam and the Ritva, as to what the Indian of Asmachta is, the Rambam Kayadu on the Hakdama de Peresh Mishnais writes in Asmachta is a mnemonic, a way of remembering that which the Rabbanu were Mechadesh, but there's no kavon in the Torah at all to be Maramis to such an Indian. Whereas Ritva Rosh Hashanah debates the Rambam and writes that an Asmachta is actually a remez in the Pasuk. The Torah, the Ritzana Torah was that the Rabbanon should pick up in the Sasmachta and enact their Din the Rabbanon. And it's possible that that which Tosas writes over here, that Ein Derech HaGemara, Ledai Kol Kach Basmachta, is more matim to the Rambam Shita, not the Ritzana. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.